My father-in-law came when he was 19. Okay. And um, he's got a really thick brook. And I used to stare at him. And I used to try to figure out, you know. And then I would find, because I couldn't understand him, I figured Mm -hmm. he couldn't understand me. So I would be like, Mr. McCarthy, would you like a glass (laughs) of water? And then finally, like, you know, I guess I was maybe married by the time he was like, Annie, I'm Irish, I'm not fucking deaf. St. Anne and O'Malley. Yeah, DMs. Like, we, we definitely want to hear from people. We want to hear from people, you know, what is, you know, coming up at the end of the year that's causing you stress. I also and, like to hear when people have a success story about they themselves like yours. That's what makes people turn around and say, whoa, man. Like, that's the, yeah. that's what happened to me. That's where the name came from. I don't know if I ever told you the story about how the name actually came up. Well, no, I know that we were discussing and we were like, we were kind of playing with some things and then you just sent me a text like, hey, what about this? Well, but- you know what, I'll give you the, you want the backstory of that? Yeah. Um, so when I was working on the trading floor, I had left for a year. Mike took a job down in Atlanta. Right. So I was getting a job. My company also had a satellite office down in Atlanta. And when I got there, there that office had closed up. So it was difficult because I spent an entire year of 2000 to 2001 just living down in Atlanta. I went on, I must have, I must have gone on about 70 interviews and um, it was very difficult to find a job. And the majority of people that we had this beautiful um, apartment complex that we lived in. So I started going to the gym every single day because I had a lot of, anxiety and frustration and I couldn't find a job and I was coming home at the drop of a hat for everything I came home to vote I came home to try my mom's dinner I came home to you know if somebody was on vacation I would come up and on the trading floor and and I would be in the wheel as the as a clerk just part-time anything I could do to get up to New York I would and um my sister needed a car so I said, well, you know what? Take over my lease on my Volkswagen. I'm looking to buy a new car anyway. And she says, oh, that, you know, that'd be great. I said, I would drive it up for her. So it was 908 miles exactly from my apartment to my mother's house. And as I was driving up, my mom was coming for the ride. Um, the transmission dropped out of the car. Like it just, the car seized, the engine seized. But it was a lease and it was under warranty. It was nothing I had done. And there was a huge nor'easter moving up the East Coast. And we were stuck in Richmond, Virginia. And the Volkswagen people had said to me, there's no way we're going to get you the part between for now and today. It'll take us about three or four days. So I said, absolutely not. There's no way I'm sticking in Richmond, for Virginia for five days. It's just not happening. Right. Exactly. 
So they said, well, the only option you have is to tow the truck, the, tow the car up to New York. So I said, done, I'll do that. What do I have to do? They were like, find a tow truck, you know, pay a local tow truck driver or something. So I'm like, I'm not paying somebody to drive eight hours. So right. I went to a local U-Haul and I asked them if they had a tow hitch. I would rent a car and so they didn't have anything like that either. He said, the only thing I have is a box truck that you can attach a dough, you know, and you know, the, you know, the guy looked at me like, so, so I was like, done, I'll take it. So the guy laughed at me. He's like, oh yeah. Buddy, like, I know the thing or two about a box yeah, truck. Well, you know, here I am this, you know, I mean, it was probably skinny at the time. So it was probably, you know, 130 pounds. And I said to the guy, you know, done. And he's like, oh yeah, right. If I see you driving this box truck with a tow hitch attached to it, I'll give you 50 bucks. I said, all right, give me an hour. <laughs> I, you know, I went, I settled up with the Volkswagen people. I went back, I gave him all the paperwork, everything I needed, the size of the, the, the spec of the car and everything. And he thought, you know, he thought I was, I was joking. So I said, absolutely not. They always do. He gave me, he gave me, that should have been my answer. I didn't even think about this one. I took the truck. I attached the tow hitch to it by myself. I drove to the Volkswagen dealership. They couldn't figure out how to get the car on the, on the trailer. I put the car right on the trailer. I drove back to the U-Haul guy. He gave me 30 bucks. He didn't have 50. <laughs> I got on the turnpike and I drove it all the way up the turnpike. Um, like, up, I guess it was 95. When I got to Jersey, they wouldn't let me onto the turnpike because they said that it was shut down because of the storm. I said, but it hasn't even started snowing yet. What if I had an easy pass? You wouldn't have stopped me. And the guy said, well, there'd be nothing I could do in that situation if it was an easy pass, but you didn't. You came to me. I, you know, I can't let you go. So I got off. I pulled a gigantic K-turn. I went right through the easy pass and I drove straight up to New York. Right. So when I got down to the trading floor the next day, because I was filling in for somebody, um, one of the brokers, his name was Bob Stevens, just an awesome, awesome guy. I was showing them pictures of the, the 22 foot box truck, the tow hitch with the car on it. And my mom had pictures of me actually like, you know, taking the car off of it to deliver it to the Volkswagen dealership. So Bobby had looked at the picture and he's like, that's no woman. That is, whoa, man. <laughs> you know, like an old, he was just an old, you know, an older guy, big hippie. And he has oh, I love it. and the turquoise rings. And like every time, every time he would see me, he would stop in his tracks and he'd be like, whoa, man. Oh, man. And it just stuck with me. Like, so whenever I do something that I think is impressive or um, just, you know, one of my moments where I'm like, that's a me moment. That's total. This is totally something I would do because I don't, I'm not a, not one to back down. I'm not one to just sit back and let things happen. I kind of grab things and seize the moment. So that's where that came from. Like, I just, you know, every time I, I would see Bobby, he would just look at me and he'd be like, he would just shake his head. Then he took the picture and he thumbtacked it right in my booth when I came back because six months later, Mike and I moved back to New York. Right. So that's where my whole, that's where my mindset, because it's something I really, really wanted to do. And when I met you over the summer, I just felt like we had an instant connection. And, um, it's nice to be able to be real with somebody and, and yeah. not be judged. 
So as soon as we were needed and we needed a name, all I could think of was like, wow, this is a bit, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a challenge. It's going to be helpful. It's going to be enlightening for some people. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, this is one of my whoa man moments. <laughs> I love it. I think you you told me that you're like, wow, you you did something I would have done. Or, you know, we've had those moments where it's like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to you about something I've done. And just like, oh, you did something really, you know, really similar. So like, definitely. I like when, when people feel empowered. And I don't think it's just women. Like, I don't feel like, because um, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of men that I know. And maybe because I've worked in a predominantly male industry, I got to see both sides. Like, there are a lot of men out there who don't have the, you know, I mean, I know they literally have balls, but they don't have the figurative ones that people talk about, like, you know, <laughs> you know, and I think that's something that, you know, everybody can learn from everybody. Not everybody has the, the inner strength to, to see in a situation and, and grab it by the balls and take charge and, and, and move right. forward with it. And I think a lot of people struggle with speaking up for themselves. I think a lot of people struggle with um, confidence. And I don't think anybody should have a lack of confidence. That is something I genuinely, genuinely, wholeheartedly believe. I think everybody should be confident. And I know from just the way I deal with my husband or the way I deal with my kids, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not so sure, you know, I'm a little nervous about tomorrow. It's a big day. Don't, you're not, don't be nervous. Be excited to go prove how awesome you are. And I think that's a message that people don't hear every day. And I think they should. And absolutely when when you have whether it be one parent or two or you know um a lot of situations it's a lot more because they have older siblings or aunts and uncles or grandparents you know shame on them if they're not telling everybody around them how amazing they are because i think everybody should hear that and i don't feel like our our you know news outlets do that i think it's all you know Let's see how bad this person was, and show it. I don't. I don't think it's right. I think they should be letting people know how amazing they are. And I, yeah, absolutely. No, I think this is this is part of it. Like that's, you know, we we know each other's stories and you know what we've done and where we've just, you know, been handed nothing and just told, okay, you have to carry on, and and it's like okay, how, you know, one foot in front of the other and you, you somehow get to a point where you've, you've, you know, made it through something that was just awful. And, um, you know, now that you, you can share, you know, the other side of that, whether it be what happened as a very personal, but, you know, public tragedy versus, you know, something, you know, like, like what I went through with, you know, uh, your child's you know, so severely autistic, he will never function. You need to put him away. You know, we, uh, we've done it and, you know, we can help others and, you know, just with, you know, just pure motivation alone. So I would like every person who listens, whether it be one person or a hundred to walk away with saying, I'm a better person for having listened to that. And I know that because I'm telling myself that I'm not alone and I'm pretty fucking awesome.
to start with some questions for Annie. And you've pretty much lived in New Jersey, New York, almost your whole entire life. Yes, I have. And where's your life right now? What is, uh, besides the location where you're married with kids and... I'm 45. I worked until my second child was uh, two, and then I stopped full-time to be a mom. But um, I started working on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange right out of high school, at, which was uh, 1991, and I left there in 2008. And you really loved, you loved your job, didn't you? That was... I did. Was... I, loved, I loved it. I started down there in the summers from when I was in high school my freshman year of high school. So I was 12 going on 13. I did it part-time. And then once I graduated, I went full-time. It was just something that I was raised to do. I was conditioned to do it from very early age. And I loved it. I really did. If it was the kind of the job I could still do now, I would. But the training floor is significantly different than it was when I was there. So it evolved. Right. I am today. I love it though. I love being at home with my three kids. It can be challenging, it can be exhausting, but it's very fulfilling. And I think that if given the opportunity to go back to work part-time, I would jump on it now. I don't think I could do full-time because I think my oldest needs me more than my youngest. I realize that once kids get, the older they get, the more they need you. So um, I wouldn't be able to do full-time just yet. Um, so we're, you know, going to get into a, a, a little bit of stuff, but just try to, you know, just so that people know um, a little bit more about us. And we're going to talk about um, the worst day slash moment in our life and also our happiest memory. But um, for me, definitely, it was 9-11. The, um, the range of emotions from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. was just a swing that I think could probably take down some of the most, some of the strongest people. It was, it was definitely something that you have to put yourself into a specific frame of mind to go into, but that was definitely by far my worst day ever. And then my best, I would have to say, was definitely having kids. Each one individually for different reasons, but on the same scale as each other. Because there, there's nothing like that. There is nothing like that. So I... I think a lot of people would agree with you and, you know, would, you know, definitely feel for you with your, with your other moment there. Um, just being so nationalized and that yet so deeply personal for you. So. Yeah, it really was. So now how about you? So now where are you from? So I'm from California. I'm trying my best not to sound like a Californian, but <laughs> I have listened to my voice and we've done some recordings and for some reason I cannot drop. So yes, well, I'm I, Jersey, so I think, <laughs> I think anything is better. So please put so we, yourself on a higher pedestal than I'm on. I know. So we definitely have a West Coast, um, East Coast sound <laughs> to us, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious because I'm still trying to not sound, you know. I think you sound great. Like this and like that. <laughs> now, where is your life now? <clears throat> Let's see. I have been divorced since 2007, happily. I have four children. I started early in life, like a 
just so smart. <laughs> My daughter is um, back home in California. She's almost 25. And I have a 21-year-old son who's a chemical engineering major, a 19-year-old um, son who is, has Asperger's and I'm struggling a bit with him. And um, I have an almost 18-year-old who is graduating high school in June with uh, national honors and a million, other, a million other things under his belt. So that's where I am, and they keep me busy. I bet. Well, yeah. that's why you're yeah. happily divorced. You're proud. Yeah. You have oh great kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it's, so it's great. I mean, mine are 14, 11, and 8. And... They keep me super busy. I can't imagine four, but I mean, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's going to be a big change for you next year. It will be, it will, it would, I was not, I had not thought about that moment when I dropped off my oldest son to college that first year didn't even occur to me that it'd be a bad thing. We were so programmed to say, this is a good thing. You want your kids to get good grades and you want them to be accepted into college. And then they go off to college and you drop them off and you have this moment where everything that you've ever done is now not natural. Like you like leaving the college. I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I'm not one of those, you know, helicopter moms. I'm not, you know, he, I don't know. We watch baseball together. We just, you know, we hang out. We talk about this. We talk about that. Like, what's, well, you know, I'm not one of those, like, I, oh, I need him around at all times type of person. And I was stunned at my, at that. I, you know, people talk about preschool and kindergarten and first grade and those moments. And they all talk about, <laughs> they'll talk about that college day that they, you know, that you drop off your kids. Man. That was weird. Although well, that's why you're here. You're dropping knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're definitely going to be preparing me for it because I'm going to be a mess. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre because I think you, uh, <laughs> I think there's going to be some people who are, you know, maybe, and there might be one kid of mine that I'm just like, oh no, here you go. <laughs> no, no, no. You stay here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drive away. <laughs> Running in the other direction. Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm I'm terrified of it. My oldest is is like we were talking about that the other day. I said to my husband, you know, in ten years he could actually be married with a kid. Yeah. You know, twenty-four is yeah. a full blown right. adult with years of experience of life under his belt as an adult. And I won't I might he might have a full time job, he might have a wife who has a full time job and he will be self sufficient. And that scared the heck out of me because here's this little kid that still climbs in bed with us every Saturday morning just to lay with us for 15 minutes. And, you know, we look at each other like, when is this going to end? Like, this, this, it better not be anytime soon. Right. We're not ready to give up his, uh, our little boy yet, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Difficult. So now what was the worst time of your life? What was your worst experience? Yeah, that, that one was not as easy for me just because I didn't have, you know, luckily, um, you know, any one moment I've had um, just a nice, 
healthy dose of hit after hit. <laughs> um, um, I have those two. Yeah, I, mean, I really I genuinely do, do yeah. have those two. It's exactly. Not just, so I just have I, to have that one. I think one of, I, I, there, there was a couple and it had to do with my kids. One was when my, my middle son was diagnosed with autism and he was non-communicative and I was told to institutionalize him. And I remember going home and I, I'm not like a crying woman. I'm not the chick that cries. Like I can't tell you the last time I have, you know, and I just remember crying and going through all of this paperwork and making phone call after phone call thinking I have to find somebody who will, who knows something about how to recover kids with autism. Um, you know, that is not institutionalized. I could, I just could not, he was, he was two. He wasn't even two. He was, it was, I, oh, it was horrible. Um, I can't imagine how that must have felt. Yeah, it, it's bad. And there's a lot of people out there and autism is obviously one of those topics that really hits home. So there'll be people who listen to this or either parents of um, an autistic child, they're, um, they have siblings or their aunts and uncles to, you know, somebody with autism. So I'm very well um, aware of that. Um, the other one was um, my daughter, the, one of the reasons she's back in California. I mean, she's, like I said, she's almost 25 now, <clears throat> but she finished her last two years of high school in California because she had been attacked. And so we went through a, a wonderful year of bullying, like straight up significant bullying where the school was documented in it. And um, she went away for, for a little bit with uh, my parents and she came back and they, these girls found her and, and uh, that's insane. That they, is something yeah. I, I have. Yeah. That was a, that was a horrible call just because I got the call and it was from the ambulance and the cops and everyone who had shown up and, and I, I got there and the, there were people who came up to me and there were bystanders in this and they were telling me how they, they had dragged her unconscious body into an area to keep her safe um, as these people. So I'm just like, what is, you know, was she was supposed to be at a, she was at a birthday party. She went to a movie they all went to a movie and they were waiting on the rides from the parents when, when this happened. And it just changed, it changed our lives. Were they other 16, 17 year olds or were they older yeah. or younger? No, they were, uh, they were, you know, all in that age group. And, you know, it's all because, you know, some girl decided that a guy that had said hello to her, to my daughter, you know, a year prior was her oh. boyfriend and it just started in its click you know, and it and became, you know, there's one thing just to be able to stand up to someone and there's another, you know, issue when it becomes, you know, life-threatening, like they were, you know, were trying to kill you as a, as a, you know, as they jumped her. It was, it was bad. Was so there that, any look, accountability? Were they held accountable for it? We, we, the attack happened over the county line from where we lived. So I took them to court in our county to get a restraining order. But she, my daughter ended up moving back to California anyway. Um, but the restraining order protected our entire family. Uh, so including me and the boys from, from the 
attackers. So this happened on the East Coast. That's so yeah. she moved yeah. all the way to the West. She went the distance to get away. Yeah. And yeah. did they did they have any did they have to do any community service, any so time, she, any she would have had to be back in court at that county, you know, three. I got you. So nine. instead she just went it was it was one of those, yeah. So we got the restraining order, we put it down, we you know made sure but there was not a lot that we could do um, because it's so dragged out. It's like, oh, you have to go to the arraignment. Oh, you have to go to this. Oh, you have to. And I'm like, can I go? Nope. She has to be there. She was, you know, it's like, oh, wow. This is, it, it was something, but got the restraining order and went to court and forced, forced that. They have a lawyer just stood up there and told my story and, you know, forced the, forced it Did to they happen. sit there and deny it? Oh yeah, they totally denied it, but we had, we had records. They had gone on Facebook, morons, and started bragging about it. And then other people saw it and printed it and we brought it to court. And they were too dumb to know what they, what they were looking at. How many were there? Um, there were two girls that got the, the uh, restraining order, but there was like a a two car full um wow. yeah of them well i'm glad but, she's she's okay now obviously this yeah, happened yeah, you know yeah years ago it sounds like but i'm i'm sure that must have been some life lesson for her oh wow. it was so let me move on since my <laughs> since my worst moments i'm sorry it was just know fascinating that. that's just, i know no it's that's okay. just absolutely because <laughs> they're two opposite ends of yeah. um you know like it's it's just i'm sorry you know no, it's, it's, it's crazy. It really is crazy. It's just, I mean, wild. they're both um, such, you know, prevalent signs of our times today. Both of them. Absolutely. Both of them. He was diagnosed with, and it's amazing how open you are to talk about it because there are so many people who still aren't that, it's, right. you know, you're, you're a role model for them to be able to come out and speak about that the way that you do, because I, th I think it's wonderful. Knowledge is key. And I, and I, you know, I commend you for that. And the same thing with bullying. My middle guy had a lot of issues with that. And um, it's, it's scary. It's very scary and it's very unsettling and it's very upsetting. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of times parents don't want to hold their kids accountable. It's right away. Well, well your child said something that, and it, you know, it really, you know, it makes you want to get very physical with them but you can't <laughs> back you know especially when you have oh, yeah. to, you know you have to set an example and you have to teach your kids but um ours never escalated to that level thank god yeah but, um, but still it's like you you want to you you're hoping that it's just going to be a, a a point where you're teaching them a life lesson about standing up for yourself and you know just getting her safe and and making sure that she could just wake up every day and not have to look over her shoulder. She didn't blame herself, did she? I know a lot of times victims blame themselves. What did I do to set this no, up? No, I think she knows that they were, you know. Nuts. Yeah, they had gone full tilt and it was just ridiculous. Um, because I do believe that, I do believe that people are nuts. Yeah, and hormonal, and you know these girls were just re you know just ridiculous. I mean, it and was somebody whole... taught them it was okay to do that. Oh yeah, um, the mother of, of these these girls had uh, 
had a, a nice little uh, list of, you know, run-ins with the law and jail oh. time, a bunch of other things. It was like, oh, oh yeah, it was just beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, well, God. We'll definitely, I'm sure I will definitely pick your brain about that. And I'm sure <laughs> you're going to want to know more about it because that's absolutely fascinating. Right. Um, the happiest, my happiest memory. And, you know, like the first time at taking the kids to Fenway, that, you know, that, those were nice days. Um, I think one of the, one of the nice days was, I think, buying my little place, like signing the paperwork. It wasn't like a spectacular day. There was no fanfare. There was nothing about it, but there was just something mental about knowing that I had pulled myself up from walking away with nothing you know, not being handed, you know, you know, pretty much anything to, you know, from the ex, I, you know, everything I did was you know, building it back up. So I think doing that, that was just kind of a nice. Oh, yeah. Sense of, like, I hey, think I, having a sense I of accomplishment it. is underrated. People, you know, that that's big. I, I bet that is, that had to be extremely liberating. Yeah. And I think it's one of those, it hits me more as time goes by, like, oh, I, okay, I redid that, like, okay, I mean, it's not the, you know, the exact place I want to live, or not the exact place, whatever, here, or there, but, like, the fact that I was able to do it during, like, a really, really, you know, stressful time, I was still, um, I was finishing up college at the time when all of this happened, wow. and so, yeah, so, I think all of mine went on way too long. So sorry about my answers going No, on. I think, you what? know, it's, it's, it's absolutely interesting. And <laughs> I think probably a big part of it, which you probably don't even see it, but hearing it from my perspective, it's, um, it's a great um, teaching. It's a great, great teaching moment. Like it's a, it, you're, you're led by example. And I think that's something you should commend yourself for because you have four kids and they got to see that. And, you know, not giving up, being self-sufficient, not sitting in your room crying every day saying, poor me, why right. is this happening to me? I need someone to take care of me. It's the opposite. And I think that's oh, a God. huge message. Yes. You know, and yeah. Yeah. you should be very proud of that. I, 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 think I, I, I think I told you about this, how soon after my divorce, I was sitting with a friend. She was a friend of the family. Um, uh, like a friend's mom who we had been close to and she was saying to me what are you going to do with four kids you know your options have you know decreased with the men out there and blah 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 and like how I was going to have to do all of these you might as well you know, just shrivel up now yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those oh, well you're going to have to do x y and z to get a, a good suitor that's going to come along and I, like, I'm just sitting there, like, and everything inside of me is like, I don't want anybody ever taking care of me again. That I don't might want, have been the best. Yeah. That might have been the best thing you ever heard. I know. And I thought, I don't ever want to rely on anyone ever again, like ever, ever again. People think I'm stubborn. And it's like, no, I had my whole world came crashing down. I had nothing. I like, you know everything I've had to do is rebuild. So no, I'm, I don't want to turn around and say, you know, what happened to the bank account? That is a horrible feeling when that goes empty. It's just, it's not, you just don't want that ever. So 
yeah, so I think that buying that house was definitely one of those like ongoing happy memory moments in life. Um, so we do have some fun questions. I do want to get to them before my sad ass takes us, no, <laughs> takes us down. Me at all. Um, so, because um, there's going to be plenty is, of time for the fun stuff. Exactly. So, um, so if people get to know you. Uh, what is your favorite drink, and where is the favorite place? that makes it you know, best or where do you like to go to get that drink? I would definitely say a vodka grapefruit is by far my favorite. And I think I could have fun in the paper bag. So it really wouldn't matter. <laughs> Honest to God, I'm, you know, I've been always pretty much, um, a, you know, free spirit that way. So yeah. any place I could pretty much get one in or buy one at, <laughs> how about you? Yeah. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a whiskey girl. Oh, that's, I've never had, I don't think I've ever really had it. That's so funny. And I, and I'm, I come from a long line of drinkers and it just sort of stopped with me. I'm, I, you know, I can go months without touching or thinking about it. I don't know why or, but when I, when I do have, when I do have a drink, I definitely like a, um, you know, some either, either, on the rocks or, you know, uh, a highball of some sort. And, um, so you're not opposed to it. You will, you, you're not. Oh no, constant wagon. no, no, no. It's, it's just, and, and no. And like, um, I was for a while, like not eating empty carbs. So I had no alcohol in my system, which was really, really good for me last year when all of that went down, which we'll, we'll have to bring up in another podcast because that's a whole other thing. <laughs> But um, it was a good thing I didn't have any alcohol in my system and had no alcohol for, for quite some time. But um, but no, I think um, I, I, it's I think whiskey for me is like the perfect drink because I don't feel sick afterwards. Really, I feel amazing when I'm drinking it. A little too amazing. Are you a better dancer? <laughs> I don't dance. This, this is what happens. My friends get to a point where they'll watch me and then they'll go, okay, it's time. Oh, and you flip that switch. And then they just take me around. And like one of the last times I got very intoxicated, I had one of my best friends take me around to, to everyone that I didn't know in the bar. Now I'm you know, the wallflower, which is kind of funny because I don't want to talk to anyone new. But then I was drinking and I was with my friend and he's like, you, here's, here's O'Malley and here's so-and-so and, and they, and you still talk asked, every day now. They, well, they were doing, they were doing things like, Hey, Hey Jim, why don't you ask O'Malley what she thinks about? And then they would, they would list different things that were things that most of the time women don't talk about in public. And there I was. Just really honest, really honest, honest O'Malley telling yeah. it like it is. And, <laughs> and I just went down the line and I'm being, you know, kind of like, you know, sort of like, oh, that's funny. you know, kind of hooked along and I'm like, okay, where are we off to next? Cause I was just gone until a friend of mine stood up and was like, okay, this is not fun. She is not a show dog. You cannot do this to her. That is so funny. And then they, they took me home. How do you yeah. drink it? Just it, just with on the rocks, with nothing. On, on the rocks or a highball like with ginger ale, 
Really? Um, mix. Oh my God. It's, do you it's alternate fun. water? Like, do you do one of those? Yeah, I, I definitely do water. Yeah. And what is your, what is your brand of choice? Like if you went in there, what would you say? Just any, just give me a, a whiskey or would you, do you oh, like I'll yeah. say a Belvedere and grapefruit. Right. No. So I think, um, I think Jameson is probably just the standard, you know, really? um, yeah, I think it's a lot of places. It's not like the well. Um, so it'll be up one in some places. Um, some places it's definitely um, the one they'll give me. There's others that like, I've not, I've never gotten to like Jack Daniels. I don't know why just never did. Um, but yeah, no, like a, just JMO or some sort of Irish whiskey is, is great. You know, and you could do that all night. I, I could. I, I, I don't. Like if I was <laughs> drink, if I was if I was drinking tonight, because I have not had a drink in so long, I would have shared with you what. <laughs> 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 we'll actually, have, we'll think, have to have that. We'll have to have that episode. Actually, I think you know. <laughs> Guess we've already talked about. Oh God, yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back to those. Those are fun. Right. Yeah, like I can exactly. do, like when we go out, we'll sit at the bar and I'll order a double and it'll be like a big, you know, almost like a pint glass and it'll be a ton of ice in there with, you know, Belvedere and grapefruit. And then I could do probably two of those throughout the night. I don't think I could do three. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure I have, but I just don't remember how the rest of the night went. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably the only other thing I used to do. I mean, we're talking five or so years ago, I would get a coffee and um, go into a friend's pub before they were open to the public with um, like with one of my closest friends. And I would go in with coffee and I'd get like peppermint or something, some sort of, you know, flavoring. And then they would add like Bailey's to my coffee. And that's how I started I the day. That. I think that tastes so good you know, before, before anyone else got there or, or whatever. And I would have that. And then it would just go from that into, you know, like highballs. Have so. you ever had an espresso martini? I've never had a martini. I had my first one is... a couple of months ago. And the guys at the bar that we go to, Arturo's, he makes it. Oh my God. It's to die for. It is so, it is so good. And is this the one that Kate, KFC talks about with the, the coffee beans. Do they leave the coffee beans? These guys don't, but I mean, I okay. would love it if they did. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it if they did. Oh, yeah. Okay. It is so good, and they do such, it's okay. such, such a delicious drink that I can only do, like, I'll do that instead of dessert. I'll do, like, oh. my regular drink, and then at the end of the night, I'll do one of those. Oh, my God. It's, and Mike will do a Bailey's, and I'll do an espresso martini. It is so good. Oh, wow. I love yeah, it. I know. I've never done a, I've never had a martini. I know we've talked about, like, I will have to have a martini night um, when I make my way down there. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be quite much the one that I love. I, I can't do brown alcohols. I just can't. It's just That's so funny. Just, I won't touch tequila. Tequila. Me neither. Yeah. Me just, neither. I'll so do wine. I'll do vodka. Yeah. Um, there, there really aren't much in between for me. I like beer. Obviously I'll, I'll drink, you know, my share of yeah. that too, but I just, I stick with those three. Right. Yeah, so what else do you have on your list? So you have, so we have the, uh, the question that, you know, a 
trying to trying to get our girly part on is uh, if you were to only be able to pick shoes or handbags, purses um, to collect, which one would you pick and what style of said choice would you collect? Definitely shoes. Style is hard because I like, I like them all. I like the real, you know, high, high, high four inch right down to like, you know, the orthopedic shoes. Like I like the, all kinds. Um, handbags, like I was saying before, I, handbags don't do much for me because I shove everything in my back pockets. So um, like I was saying before, my butt cheeks look like chipmunk cheeks. Because yeah. I, I, I shove everything back there. Um, I love shoes. I love shoes. I'd probably have to extend the shoe to the belt because I like to match them. I do love that. Um, I mean, I'll have to be the same style, but I do like the same color and stuff like that. Um, my favorite style would probably be, I love boots. Like I love to wear jeans over a pair of boots. And I love when the boots are like, like a four and a four inch heel, five inch heel. I love those. So like a chunky, a chunkier heel, not like a, not, um, I, would, not I don't a like boot. the lug soles. Like I don't like any, I don't like anything masculine. So I wouldn't say a lug sole, but I definitely like, um, kind of like, I love the, you know, the, the fry company. You ever see fry boots? They yes. make just like a, um, they have a lot of cowboy boots. They have a lot of different types, okay. but they just make like a traditional, you know, just below the knee brown boot with like a really high heel. I love them. Oh wow! You know, like if I had if I got a paycheck every week again, I would have a. <laughs> That's what you would do. <laughs> yeah, that would be my. Oh, that would be like boy. my. You know, I would hide them somewhere so no one knew that I had this creepy. <laughs> I have a bunch of shoes. Right shoes. Nobody will see them. I will never wear them, but I'll go visit them when That's nobody's right. That's right. Well, I'll go in, I'll pet them. I'll, I'll, I'll be like one of those people who buffs them out. <laughs> no, I would. I would wear, I would wear the shit out of them. I just, uh, That's hilarious. I love, I love shoes. Oh, man. What were you? Oh. You're, yeah, so you're I'm going with shoes, right? shoes too. I can't stand the whole buy me of $2,000 purse thing. I just don't <laughs> get it. I, it just blows my mind. Um, but yeah, my shoes are <laughs> Doc Martens. Oh, I wear those. Um, I love them. One of my favorite pairs of those. Yeah, That's Chuck Taylors, <laughs> Vans. I really want another set of a pair of creepers, which was way back in the day. Some, uh, you know, different kind of shoe. It's like the really thick sole shoe that there was no necessarily no heel, and then it came to a point and there'd be like. I gotta go. I don't know what that yeah, you're gonna have. So far, to. you've mentioned every single There's, pair that I have, like right over there. Right, and it they're so different, and there'll be people. <laughs> Like what in the, what is a creeper? I'm like, well, it's a type of shoe for weirdos like me, <laughs> and I just love them because I like them. I know exactly yeah. the ones you're talking. Yes. I have Doc Martens yeah. that are like that, only they're Mary jeans. Okay, yep, yeah, I love them. Line of them, and I haven't had a pair in a while, but oh man, so yeah, so mine would, be, mine would be shoes, but I'm definitely clearly not um throwing like these yeah i love yes. them Ooh, i love those yes i love them <laughs> that's i that's, i mean i wear the black vans where you just slide your feet in yeah i love them 
They look like, oh, yeah. like they almost look like the old skips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we used to um, have vans. We'd slide in those and um, guys would, you know, because I don't know if it's just a West Coast thing, but we, you know, we have ramps in front of our houses for, you know, the skateboarders and, you know, people who had to have a pool, you know, five years earlier had drained it and they were, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. You know, all of that. And then I, I wasn't a skater, but I, I surfed, which was fun. And um, then I got introduced to Ugg boots, not because of Tom Brady. Because, oh, is he, because, big, is he wearing them a lot? Yeah, I guess he's a spokesman and I, I get people like to make fun of me for having a quarterback that wears Ugg boots. But um, uh, if he ever does anything wrong, people are like, oh, was he wearing his Uggs? And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway, uh -huh. but I, we, would, we would throw them on after surfing. So you would see people wearing Uggs and shorts and, and that never, that always made sense to me. And then I moved out here and then people were like, what are you going to wear? Your Ugg boots with shorts? And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with that? And then I realized how ridiculous it would be out here because the reason for it, and that's how it started out there, was you get down with surfing and the water was a, you know, a bit cold and you throw on your Uggs, and, but you didn't really want to be confined that much because right. <laughs> so, it's like hoodie shorts Uggs. <laughs> that, was, that, was, uh, that was the uniform. So, all right. Um, I never our, knew that. I would have never yeah. guessed that was a, a, they were a West Coast band. Um, so what do you do that tends to make people ask you if you know what you're doing, ma'am, do you know what you're doing <laughs> or, or if you're capable of handling that? I saw that before. I saw that on your list and that, that one threw me. I don't, I don't really know. I'm just so capable of everything. <laughs> but I think, I think as women, we get that we'll be doing something and you'll get, um, do you know what you're doing? I no. think probably I've always driven gigantic trucks yeah. and it hasn't happened recently, but a friend, a friend of mine, his dad owned a company and he used to need people to drive um, box trucks for him. So that way when he went to an auction or something, we'd pick up the merchandise and he used to pay me $150 for the day. And I would get in this, 22 foot box truck and I would drive it to a loading dock. I'd back it up and they would, you know, the, the guys at the auction would put the skids of paper or whatever on the, on the truck. And then I would drive back up the turnpike or wherever we were. And I used to get that there a lot because I was, you know, this petite preppy little kid and I would be jumping out of this gigantic box truck, but I was very good at driving. I always was. I just always had a good depth perception. I had good hand-eye coordination and I always loved it. And I used to always make money on the side whenever I could, whether it was doing lawns or um, just odd jobs here and there. So one of them was driving a truck for his dad's company. And I used to get that a lot. Like I would be walking around these paper auctions or company, you know, they, where they sell off everything inside this old company, abandoned warehouses and stuff kind of like storage wars only back in the, in the early nineties. And um, people would say stuff like that to me as I was walking around because I never did any of the lifting. I just did the driving. So I would get there 
they would have the auction for three hours. So I'd kind of have to just get lost walking around these warehouses. And like nobody ever believed that I belonged there. I used to get that during those days. And, um, and then I would say, no, no, I'm just kind of waiting for the auction to be over and time to go. And they almost always, 99.9%, .9 they thought I was just kind of somebody's kid or girlfriend just lurking about, just kind of waiting for it to be done. And then it was, when it was time to get online to pick up the stuff, I would you know, walk back to this monster truck and they would look at me like I was nuts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> obviously I had heels on <laughs> driving. Of course. <laughs> You know, pearls on one wrist. So, yes. you know, very, very yes. And, um, but I always loved doing it and it never, it never deterred me. It never swayed me from, from doing it. But I used to get that all the time. Like, no, 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 you're in the wrong spot. You don't belong here. I'd be like, wait, well, I don't belong here. Right. And then it would get my hair up and I would get, you know, my attitude on. But um, that was, I always remember thinking to myself how strange that was that I would get asked that. But that's the only thing I could think of. I don't know. Um, okay. That would that would be my experience. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I I think right now uh, I used to get that a little bit more when I was working as a broker and I would be doing things and they would assume I wasn't you know I didn't know what I was talking about but then I you know start asking questions and they're like oh, okay she's she's been here before she's she's done that but simple things like my the store I frequent the most is probably Home Depot <laughs> or, <laughs> or Lowe's or you know right, like right. or you know some sort of and it's like well you know here I am carrying something out and I'm just you know I get this like uh do you need help with that and I'm like well as long as I don't hit anyone I'm fine <laughs> right right people are like are you sure you don't want help and I'm I, like unless I'm like thinking I'm going to hurt myself right or someone else I try to do everything on my own it's it goes probably back to that whole like I didn't want to count on anyone so sometimes I look probably ridiculous like what is that <laughs> what is that chick doing <laughs> right, right, right. Ten foot beam out <laughs> out of uh, Home Depot and sticking it in the back of her vehicle <laughs> so that's so funny. I think I give you know. credit for doing that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we we both do a million things. So as yeah, yeah. But as now you're know, at it, you must be at it. I don't know, like I'm I've always kind of had that same idea, that same mentality, but now I'm at an at an age because I you know, I know like Mike jokes around when he's on the radio a lot and he says, Oh, I'm the old guy, this and that, but I really don't think forties are like it's not old. I'm just at a point in my life. Like I don't see that I'm too old for something, but I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? You do it. Like, <laughs> there's someone that's going to, you know, can I help you with that? You know what? Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah. Thank you. You know, cause I think, right. I just, I just, I've done it. I just don't want to do it anymore. Certain right. things. And I think it's definitely depending on where you are, like right now you're at the stage and your kids are definitely in that dependent, you know, very dependent stages. And I've kind of come out of that on that. I'm on that other side and it's right. like, I, you know, they're there, they're, they're really cool people. And I, you know, love them and we, we chill and we talk and, you know, um, but it's not the same as before. Right. And so there's, you know, that different. And then I have friends who are like, oh, we're having a baby. And I'm 
thinking, oh my God, I'm not, I could not imagine having a child at 43. I, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't could imagine not. doing it now. No. My brother-in-law just no. had his third and she is gorgeous. Her, yeah. His three kids are absolutely gorgeous and I love them. And I love giving them back the same yes. with less than five, like in less than five hours. Right. And I love and my I, own. I loved having them. I just, right. oh, no. And I think it's just for us, like I'm not going to, you know, for these people, like I have a friend back home in California. She worked with a, uh, with a TV studio and she's a producer and she's been producing for, you know, two decades now. And, you know, she ended up, you know, having a baby later in life that then, you know, then she kind of sort of planned or, or didn't plan type of thing. But that's and, her first, she know any different. Right. I mean, it was just sort of like, oh, you know, let's, I think we're going to have, you know, I think we're going to do this now. And definitely more right than than I did and you know they're established and they have the you know all of that and I'm on the other end with being done and being in that like oh I'm only this age and now I can now I can do all of this and I'm never going to get pregnant again like there's no way anyone could literally (laughs) get me pregnant (laughs) like you can try and try and try but it's not happening (laughs) and I hope you try and try and try again (laughs) keep trying (laughs) you know what that actually reminds me uh before we go on to the next question I think I'm going to celebrate my upcoming big milestone with with the lack of of trying in that department. Oh, are you? Good for you. I, I think I am. I think, I don't know. I think I might get myself a, a something new. You, should, you know what? You should. And I, and, and, and I hope you use it in good health. Yes. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> so, um, Reoccurring delivery. <laughs> oh, right. So share. where would you live? Um, or visit for a long time if time and money was no object. Oh, where would I let you mean just like family wise? Yeah, like if it, where myself? would you go? Like go to live or go to, you know, visit for a long time. Even if you could sort of, you know, if you could take your family with you, or even if you could pause, you could even pause time for your your the people that you're closest to, but you could go off and like. Experience. I don't need much. Like we went down to Point Pleasant this weekend to my aunt's house. And that to me is such a, that crew of players, everybody that was there this weekend is, it's therapeutic. It's fun. It's, 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 I probably would go there. You know, I mean, if I had all the money in the world, I don't know. I've never had it. So I don't know what I'm missing. Right. That's true. But I, you know, I would love to just have a place like that is my happy place. Like, you know, when they say, Oh, find a happy place and and you just need to get away. If like when Mike and I are starting to feel overwhelmed or we need a happy place and we just need to get out for a while and just decompress. One of us just has to just mention it in my house. We're going down to the beach and all five of us, even the dog parks up like, you know, (laughs) and it's, it is, it's, you know, and I, their house is very, you know, it's decorated beautifully and it's, you know, it's not this mansion on a private beach anywhere. It's like on the main highway with, you know, but she has it set up so comfortably 
you know, everybody gets their own bed if they want it. Nobody takes it, but we, you know, we all bunk up together, you know, and she has a housekeeper come, but I always bring my own sheets. I always make the beds and then I take all my sheets home with me. That way she doesn't have to be stuck with anything, but we all just love going there. It's just a place where we all get there. And the second we get there over the bridge, we're all like, <sighs> and I think that is, you know, that's priceless. I love that. And we just went for one night and everybody came home feeling rejuvenated. Everybody felt like they were away. Everybody felt like they had their own space and place to decompress. So I would definitely say my aunt's house. Mike and her husband cook everything. And, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's, it's just a, the kind of place, like if I could, if it, I would love to share it with everybody that I like. Right. You know, it's just a special place. And I, I think everybody that goes there walks away feeling that way. That is beautiful. I, I think that's amazing to have something like that. Thank I, I you. Think, I feel blessed I, to have yeah. it. So I don't have like a really personal, where would I go if money or time was no object, but I'm going to stick with my thing that I've been saying for over a decade or two, which is Ireland. I would go to Ireland. We were just uh, talking about this yesterday. I just want to go to Ireland. Like, just, (laughs) that's that's the one thing I want to do. And I don't want to do the, I don't want to go and do the, and then we would, it took this tour and we got on this bus and we got off and we were tourists and we did this and I don't want to do that. I don't. Do you have family there? Technically. (laughs) That you, you just really never met. It took right. me a long See, time to get to used to hit. Like my mother-in-law doesn't have an accent at all. Like she sounds like she's. Oh old. wow! She moved here when she was maybe twelve. My father-in-law oh. came when he was nineteen. Okay. And um, he's got a really thick brogue, and I used to stare at him, and I used to try to figure, you know. And then I would find because I couldn't understand him, I figured mm-hmm. he couldn't understand me. So I would be like, Mister McCarthy, would you like? a glass of water and then finally like you know I guess I was maybe married by the time he was like Annie I'm Irish I'm not fucking deaf I was like sorry <laughs> that, that sounds like a lot of my friends <laughs> when I talk to them <laughs> and he's the you know he my father-in-law is exactly. my, he's my favorite I have I mean there isn't anybody I admire more than him I love him I hit the yeah. jackpot with in-laws as far as my mother and father-in-law go and uh I love him, but he's, he's going across a lot of oh, yeah. very few words. So oh, yeah. That, that was, that was that fun. Is, that but now it's, I, um, you know, I get used to I'm used to it. And right. I can usually tell when somebody is from Dublin or someone's from Cork. Oh, okay. The difference. That's good. Now. That's, yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> Takes you a little bit of time. Absolutely. Yeah, I know I have a friend who sent me a video um, last year when it had snowed. And it was one of those videos that like stopped. And I was like, can you send that to me a different way? So I could like just rewatch it just because like his accent was just so great. And I was just, I just kind of got like, it was like 10 minutes of maybe just smiling, just watching him talk about the snowball. And it was just like, I could, I could do this all day. He could be reading the phone book and I would be fine. Oh, it's, it's just there. I mean, we get such a, we get a kick out of it. Like, I don't know what, oh, it was that movie Leap of Faith. Have you seen that? Where she like gets to ask the guy to marry her only on leap oh, year 
or something. Maybe yes. it's called leap year. I, no, it's called leap year. Leap That's year. what it's called. Okay. I think I saw it like maybe like the year it came out or later that it's, year. It's older. Yeah. yeah. It's, and like when I first started dating my husband, like it's because they're from Ireland and they like, they have all these sayings that, and just like little tradition or little quirks or little phrases. And it used to, they used to strike me as so funny. And, um, so in this movie, they do all these like little things. Oh, you never start a journey on a Saturday. No, it's you never start a journey on a Wednesday. No, you never finish a journey on a Wednesday. You always started on a Saturday. So one guy says, it's Sunday. It's a great day to dig a well. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I can't, like I said to Mike the other day, I can't wait to see your dad because he's going to come over and he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to stay till Sunday. And I'm going to be like, Sundays are great days to dig wells. <laughs> Wow. He, he's going to be, you know, he's going to throw me some shade. He's going to give me a dirty look from saying it. And he's going to laugh because he loves to bust my jaw. I, I love yeah. him. But I can't yeah, to, you know, but like Mr. McCarthy, just say it again to me. Just well. Exactly. So yeah, more or less, that's, that's why I would go there. I just kind of want to experience it. I want to, you know, see the the land and you know yeah i want to go to dublin but you know i you know i can i i don't necessarily want to just do all the you know do all the touristy, touristy spots really i don't crazy. blame you i don't i don't blame you one bit yeah i, I would like to go there we i've never been mike's been there a bunch of times and he's gone with his family but we were saying how we want to go, we want to go somewhere for our 20th anniversary this year oh. i was like maybe we should go there he's like no 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 we got to bring the kids there like, I'm not bringing the kids on my 20th anniversary vacation. Right. <laughs> so we're not doing Ireland this year. Right. Right. No, I definitely can understand that. Um, it's sort of like, well, you want to, you want to take the kids. Cause that's always been the dream for me. Like to, you know, take the kids and um, like, it's just so expensive. I'm like, oh, oh I just can't, I can't I swing it. But everything is. But I, they might be 30 and then before I can, I can afford it, but I'm dragging them with me when I can. Like mom finally paid for a vacation and you're going. Oh, <laughs> so, I bet they would love it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll do it. I mean, I think that's one thing I was with my birthday last week. I was just, my, my one thought before I went to bed was, you know, one of these days I'm going to spend my birthday in Ireland. I just, that, I, it's just, I got to. It's we'll host our show from one of the bars there. Yeah, I think we. Sh I think that's what we need to do is get sponsored, and then. <laughs> that's right. We're going to get so big. We're not going to yeah. know what to do with all of this. Oh, money. it's going to be huge. Oh, People need to hear all this. So, okay, so we get all the shoes. Oh, that I <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then so our our last. Um, our last question, just to kind of let people know a little bit about us, is uh, what fantasy world would you be eager to join? And what part of that world would you gravitate towards? Oh, I would love to be somewhere in Middle Earth. Oh. I love the whole Lord of the Rings thing. I, I absolutely love it. I, I, would, I would probably love to be a hobbit. <laughs> I would love to live in one of those little gnome shire. Yeah. Yes, in the fire. I love stew. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this I is my thing yeah. that my blade can glow when something bad is near me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that is that is amazing. So you definitely think that you would go to the Shire. I definitely would. Okay. Okay. I have 
I have wondered about this. Now, this is this is this is the thing that I think about as a girl. <laughs> not about not not about handbags, but mm-hmm. if I could go to Middle Earth. <laughs> oh, same thing. Oh, that's awesome. Would I? <laughs> I love the hobbits and I really, really is like my dream house is really that hobbit house. Oh, I, I look at the, the bilbo's the Yes, that's the, the best. The, oh, the, the archways yes. and stuff. The, exactly. You look at the I archways, look at everything. I love that fresh air blowing through. Yeah. And I like, I like the idea of having like a fireplace and a family room and a kitchen and a bedroom and all of that. Yeah. I love that. A fireplace love bigger than that. me. Imagine having a fireplace bigger yeah. than me. Exactly. But my, my, the only thing that's held me back from, from this, you know, totally. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Totally, you know, thing that can totally happen is when I was little and I, or younger and I would read The Hobbit and I would, I would have dreams later and I didn't even realize I was dreaming about it. I had these very vivid dreams about Rivendell. Oh, I could smell that with all those fountains and, and yeah, with waterfalls and yeah, and just the edge of, you know, where, you know, just them going, you know, going up the, you know, the rock path to, to Rivendell. And I think, I don't know, I kind of feel like if I had picked the Shire, I would always be like Bilbo thinking I need to get myself back to Rivendell. So I keep thinking that's what I would pick, even though the Shire is really close really close on my list just because I love, I, I need a hobbit house. <laughs> See, to, be, to live in Rivendell, I'd have to have that gorgeous hair and that's just way too much maintenance for me. I look like, I look like Sam Wise Gamgee every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so for me, that's not really a stretch. Well, I would fit right in. <laughs> yeah. Aside from the hair on my, the, the fact that I don't have hair on my feet, I would fit right in. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I kind of like thought about that. I'm perfect for that. <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, you know, that might be a little bit, you know, better, better suited for me, but I might just have to be a hobbit visiting the Shire. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, I don't know. So this, these are the things that, like, you know, that I think about, like, you know, if I could, where would I go? And then the Harry Potter series came out, and I really like that with the kids. And I read the books on my own, and I watched the movies on my own, and everything. And I really like that. And I like the books so much more. Yeah, I think about that, but I I still definitely come back to to this. I think this was just too much of my upbringing and you know childhood of of reading about them. And what was I your love favorite, Star? Which yeah. ones like of, of all the movies you've seen? Which is your favorite of all time? My my favorite movie of all time. Um, which is shocking because everyone assumes it's Star Wars, is uh, not Star Wars. Is, I would have guessed that. It's The Godfather. Oh, get out. Oh, yeah, I should guess it. It's right over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, no, The Godfather is my favorite movie. Well, like the trilogy, all of them together? or Well, I'm, I'm in that boat of, you know, one and two go together and three can, you can just, you can just, tell yourself you're going to get to three and then just restart one. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. One I agree with that. I think that is, a, a, right. that, is, that is definitely in my top five. My favorite one of all time is Jaws. Oh, okay. Jaws is great. I haven't seen it. It's in, terrifying. 
five, six years. One of those movies that I can watch every single time it's on and it never gets old. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great, it's a, oh, it's great. I just, uh, it's been a while, but it's one of those, it's, it's a great movie. That is my absolute all time favorite. And I think a close second is probably breakfast club. Oh, Yes. You know, we need to have a Breakfast Club episode just because there's so much of that movie to break down, I think. And we can just do a, a compare and contrast from what what was going on in that movie, how it relates to today, how things, some, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, you know, same right. type of thing. Um, and just the the differences. And I would love that because... I love that. Or, you know, there's a whole lo- host of uh, Hughes movies that that would be really great to discuss. But those were definitely the movies of our our youth. Oh yeah, I mean, so. definitely. I mean, they made us think of what what was they they basically told us his movies told us what was cool and what wasn't. Yeah. Time.